0: How there's th- they say, okay, and I might be even saying that some of, some of the people say this is a matter of superstition, okay? We're not into superstition. But there's always that saying, like, it comes in threes, right? So if you have an accident, oh, one, another accident, oh, oh, it comes in threes. Airplane crash, oh, it comes in threes. When, right? You've heard that? Okay. That's what I'm going to talk about. What is this? What's that? Bowling. How many of you like to bowl? Yeah. Uh, oh, you like to eat in the bowl. I know. I know. I know. I know your style. <laughs> what do you call it when you have three consecutive strikes in bowling? Huh? You call it a turkey. Three consecutive strikes, you call it a Turkey. If you have four consecutive strikes, you call it a four-bagger. Right? But three, turkey. How about this one? Do any of you play hockey? How about soccer? How about cricket? In those three sports, it's the same idea. If any player scores three times, what is it called? It's called a hat trick they call it a hat trick then the crowd usually throws their hats inside the ring that's why it's called a hat trick now in nba basketball yeah. Yeah. right oh you guys you're so happy lebron is here huh? look at that look at that look at that The Lakers won it in, where's that, 80s, no, 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 where's, ah, there, 2000, 2001, 2002. What do you call that? Three, three three-peat, there was another team who did the three-peat, the Chicago Bulls, 91, 92, and 93. Three, three times. Three straight tri- strikes in bowling, what do you call it? Turkey. Three scores in hockey, cricket, or soccer, Hat trick. Three consecutive championships, you call it a 3 So my message this morning is entitled, Three Peas." So, guess what? There's three points. Right? It's not a typographical error that the P is in lowercase. Or in Tagalog, small caps. (laughs) (laughs) Am I right or am I right? What's your email address? In song nolan at yahoo. Small caps? (laughs) Three P's. Now what is that S? That S stands for sanctification. So there are three points regarding sanctification. But what is sanctification anyway? Sanctification in Greek is hagiasmos. Definition is the process of making set apart. Sanctification or consecration. How many of you at the home have your own? toothbrush (laughs) do you share your toothbrush of course not why because your toothbrush is set apart you get it that is the idea of sanctification pastor is there no easier word than sanctification that I can remember Sanctification. Five syllables? Too many? Okay. Sanctification, same Greek word, is holiness. So the topic this morning is three P's, three points of holiness or sanctification. Sanctification is the work of God's free grace whereby we are renewed in the whole man after the image of God, and we are enabled more and more to die unto sin and to live unto righteousness. It is a continuing change worked by God in us, freeing us from sinful habits and forming in us Christ-like affections, dispositions, and virtues. It does not mean that sin is instantly eradicated. But it is also more than a counteraction in which sin is merely restrained or repressed without being progressively destroyed. Sanctification is real transformation, not just the appearance of one. What does that have to do with us? Well, our passage this morning is 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 1 to 8. Why don't we all read this all together? Finally then, brethren, we request and exhort you in the Lord Jesus that as you receive from us instruction as to how we ought to walk and please God, just as you actually do walk, that you excel still more. For you know what commandments we gave you by the authority of the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that is, that you abstain from sexual immorality. That each of you know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor. Not in lustful passion like the Gentiles who do not know God. And that no man transgress and defraud his brother. In the matter, because the Lord is the avenger in all these things, just as we also told you before and solemnly warned you. For God has not called us for the purpose of impurity, but in sanctification. So he who rejects this, not man, but God, who gives us his Holy Spirit to you. Question, is sanctification, therefore, an integral part of your Salvation? Yes or no? Yes. Does God expect you to live a sanctified life? Yes. Can you live a sanctified life? Ah. Pastor, that is impossible. Yes, it is impossible. If you try to live a holy life, If you try to live a sanctified life based on your power and ability to live a sanctified life, you cannot do it on your own. Because the Bible tells us that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So what? What are we going to do? The first P. The first P of sanctification is positional sanctification. By position, because of Jesus Christ in you, God looks at you as righteous. God looks at you as holy. God looks at you as sanctified. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 tells us, therefore, If anyone is in Christ, he is what? A new creature. The old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. When you look in the mirror, it's still the same you. But if you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, God looks at you differently. God looks at you as covered by the blood of Jesus. You are a new creature, you are a new creation. And there is that expectation that says towards the end, Behold, the old things are gone. New things have come. So if you say that you are born again, ask yourself, examine yourself, where are these new things that the Bible says are supposed to come? 1 Peter chapter 2. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, read it with me, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession so that you may proclaim the excellencies of Him who has called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. For you were were not a people, but now you are the people of God. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. At that point, Of your personal encounter with Jesus Christ. When you were born again, you were sanctified. By position, because of Jesus Christ in you, God declares you holy. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. But am I living as a holy child of God? by position, by the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ in your life, know that God has declared you, has imputed His holiness upon you. Same idea in Colossians chapter 2. When you were dead in your transgressions and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, He made you alive together with Him, having forgiven us all our transgressions. Having canceled out the certificate of death, consisting of decrees against us, which was hostile to us, He has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. How many sins has God forgiven you in Christ Jesus? All. Therefore, you are, what's the word? Holy. You are sanctified by position, by the presence of Jesus Christ in your life. That's why the first P is what? Positional. Positional sanctification. Because of my relationship with Jesus Christ, I am sanctified, I am declared, I am imputed with God's holiness. Now the problem is this. Some people, the Gnostics, they thought to themselves, we don't sin anymore. So they extricated themselves and they had their own community. We don't sin anymore. Now, how many of you, be honest, how many of us, after even coming to the Lord Jesus Christ, you still sin? Yes. Oh, those of you who've still sin, even after coming to faith in Jesus, raise your hand. Oh, you see? We're in good company. Right? But this group of people called the Gnostics They said, we don't sin anymore We are perfectly holy Maybe But they were alive during the time And that's why John the Beloved In his epistle said this If we say that we have no sin We are what? Deceiving ourselves And the truth is not in us If we confess our sins he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Look at verse 10. If we say we have not sinned, we make him. Who is that him? We make God, a liar, and his word is not in us. You see, some of them took it the extreme. Oh. I already have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm good to go. No need for a life change. No need to live a holy life. No need to to live a set-apart life, different from the world. I'm already saved. First strike. Farthest from the truth. Yes, you are saved by God's grace. Yes, positionally, when God looks at you, He sees you as His own. But, my friends, God has an expectation that those who have come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and has received the grace of God live a sanctified, holy, set-apart life. Let us not be deceived, just like these people were deceived. If you say you have no sin... You deceive yourself, and the truth is not in you. You make God out to be a liar. God says you are sinful. No, I'm not sinful. Then you're, what are you telling God? God, you lie. You call me a liar. But man is so very good. I have green lie, I have white lie, I have red lie. All kinds of lies. Did you lie? Oh, that's just a white lie, not counted. Really? Don't be deceived that you do not have a responsibility to live a sanctified life. How else in the world will they know that you are a born-again disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ? Your life is separate. Your life is distinct. Your life is different from the way the rest of the world lives their lives you keep on saying I'm born again and there is no change can I encourage you examine yourself whether you are in the faith less of course the Bible says you fail the test first P position on sanctification second P progressive what does it mean Always living out your salvation. It's not always living for. It is living out. And always. How many of you know how to ride a bike? You know how to ride a bike? How will you move forward? You pedal. Once you stop pedaling, what will happen to you? Not only will you stop you will fall. It's the same thing in the Christian life. Once you are born again, the expectation of God through His Word what I've shared to you is that you continue to grow in your sanctified or your holy life. I did not say perfect. I said grow. Does the Bible tell us that? First Peter chapter 1. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the former lust, which were yours in your ignorance. But like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves in some of your behavior. Ah, you are awake. Because it does say that. Be holy in all your behavior. Why? Because it is written, you shall be holy, for I, meaning God, is holy. So is there an expectation for born-again Christians to live a holy life? Answer, yes. When does this happen? From the day you are born again until the day that God calls you. You and I are supposed to grow and to grow and to grow in a sanctified life. Do not be conformed to the lust that you lived on in your ignorance. And God is telling us, be holy in all your behavior. So think about it. What in you is still not sanctified? What in you is still not set apart for God? Is it your money? Is it your relationships? Is it the way that you communicate? Is it the way that you follow the scripture? Because Jesus Christ, when he prayed to God the Father, he asked God the Father, Father, sanctify them in your truth. So you and I, so that we know how to live, God has given us His Word, the Bible, so that we know how to live. Now, if you're relying just on the Sunday preaching, the verses that we show over here, when what happens to you Monday through Saturday? If you're not taking the initiative to invest time in the Word of God, you're missing out. There's even a suggestion that maybe we minimize some of the verses that we show over here. Why? What's the basis? Did you bring your Bibles? Pastor, a cell phone. That's okay. But we want you to see for yourselves what the Bible is saying. The verses that we show are for your convenience. Because not every, I forgot my Bible, we have a guest, no problem. But search for yourselves. Dig in for yourselves. See what God has to say. Before you go out of the Bible and ask other people and even ask this leadership, dig, research first on yourselves so that you have personal growth about the Word of God. Progressive, continue to grow. In the, second chapter, in the second epistle of Peter, you therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, be on your guard so that you are not carried away by error of unprincipled men and fall from your own steadfastness. But what? Grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ To Him be the glory both now and the day of eternity. Amen. What's the Bible telling us? Grow. Grow in sanctification. Do not think for one moment that because you prayed the prayer, that is an expression of your faith, well and good, but don't stop there. That is regeneration. Once you come to faith in Christ, the Bible says you are g- regenerated by the Holy Spirit. But there is an expectation of growth. God expects you to grow, to live a holy, to live a sanctified life. Kaya the Bible is telling us, grow in the grace and the knowledge. That's why I told you, read your Bible. Father Jesus Christ played pray sanctify them in your truth your word is truth in hebrews pursue peace with all men and the sanctification without which no one will see the lord is sanctification important yes pursue grow continue Don't stop growing. Pursue peace with all men and the sanctification for without which no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one comes short of the grace of God. That's why we disciple people towards Christ-likeness. We don't just share the gospel with them, encourage them to express their faith in Jesus Christ, and then, who is this? You know who this is? Spock. Spock. Mr. Spock. What does he say? Live long and prosper. You have come to faith in Jesus Christ. Live long and prosper. See to it that no one comes short of the grace of God. Make sure that the people with whom you share understand that now you are a born again Christian. God expects you to live like one. But pastor, how do I do that? Get involved in a discipleship group relationship. When we can help you to grow in Christ-likeness. That's why we ask you, memorize Philippians 2, 3 to 8. Humility, selflessness. Where Where can I practice that? At home. Ask your spouse, am I humble? Am I selfless? Ask your children: Am I humble? Am I selfless? Pastor, we did the matrix January one. Okay, na. That was January (laughs) one. How often do you come and ask them? Some of you have maybe daily devotion or maybe weekly devotion or maybe every other week. But ask: Am I growing? Am I growing in Christ-likeness? Am I growing in humility? Am I growing in selflessness? Why? The Bible tells us. We must grow. That there be no immoral or godless person like Esau, who sold his birthright for a single meal. For you know that even afterwards, when he desired to inherit the blessing, he was rejected. Why? For he found no place for repentance, though he sought for it with tears. Have you encountered somebody and then you tried... To share Jesus Christ with them, because I've encountered this this way. You know what? I like what you're telling me. I understand. I understand what Jesus Christ has done for me. But uh, you know, I'm not ready. I'm still young. Maybe when I'm already old. Maybe when I retired, that's the time that I will surrender my life to Jesus Christ. Uh. Like Esau maybe. Not now. Maybe later. But when it came to the point that Esau wanted to come, the Bible is telling us for him, it was too late. Even if he repented with many tears. Challenge one another. Make that decision as early as you can. Because as early as you make that decision, you will have much more blessing and many, many more years to know the Lord, to grow in Christ's likeness and to serve Him. Positional sanctification is when you come to faith in Christ. By position, you are a child of God. By position, your sins have been forgiven. But the Bible tells us to grow. That's why we have progressive sanctification. And progressive sanctification is an ongoing process that will one day come to an end. But in the meantime, Paul is telling us For I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. So how long is this sanctification process? How long is it going to take? Until the day of Christ Jesus. When that day comes, your positional sanctification, which expectantly has become a progressive kind of sanctification, will mature into a permanent sanctification. One that will happen only when we are in heaven forever. 1 Thessalonians five twenty three to 24 says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely and may your spirit and soul be preserved complete without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is He who calls you and He will always bring it to pass. When is this? When is this permanent sanctification going to take place? When you and I are in front of God and in heaven forever. It will come to pass. First John 3 says, Beloved, now we are children of God, and it is not appeared as we yet what will be. We know that when He appears, we will be like Him, because we will see Him just as He is. And everyone who has this hope fixed on Him Purifies Himself just as He is pure. One day, we will know Jesus Christ completely. Why? Because we will know Him just as He is. When is that? When you and I are in heaven. That's why Paul wrote, Now we know in part. Sometime in the future, we will know everything. So if you have questions I cannot answer, even if I research for you, I have good news for you. You can ask God when you see Him. Personally, when I get to heaven, I don't think I have any question to ask anymore. I think the beauty of heaven will just silence my tongue. And then I will be able to see my Lord. This, this is my Lord who took all of my sin. And he allowed himself, his body to be crucified and to give up his life for the salvation of this poor soul. I know my sin. My wife knows some of my sins. Some of you know my sins. But God knows all of my sins. Yet, he chose to love me nonetheless. See, we are conditional people. We love only by condition. If you are good to me, I'll be good to you. But the grace of God is unexplainable. That in spite of my worst, God loves me the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So there is a permanent sanctification that's coming. In Colossians, we go back, Therefore, if you have been raised up in Christ, keep seeking the things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things of God, not on the things that are on the earth, for you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is our life is revealed, then you will be revealed with Him in glory. Perfect sanctification is coming. But it is coming on the day of Jesus Christ. And it is our responsibility as those who have professed to be followers of Jesus Christ to strive to live a holy life. Don't be content with positional sanctification. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling and progress in your spiritual walk. Because one day, that sanctification is going to be made permanent. God did not only call us to be saved. God called us to be sanctified. God is sufficient in and of Himself. He doesn't need you and I to populate heaven. He has enough angels worshipping Him since eternity past. So God, my friends, did not just call you to be saved. He called you be sanctified live a life that is set apart now how what application can we draw what sanctification application you have to grow another word for growing is to age like wine you, know, you, you have to age the wine the longer the wine is aged, the better the taste so age are you sure you're born again in christ Grow in holiness. Eagerly await the coming of Jesus because that's where permanent sanctification is going to take place. Are you sure you're born again? John 3, 7 says, Do not not be amazed that I said to you, you must be born again. Being born again is the prerequisite to spending eternity with God in heaven. It's unequivocal. You must be born again. There is no other way to go to heaven except being born again in Christ. Not in CCF. Not in any other Christian fellowship. It is in the person of Jesus Christ that you must be born again. Are you born again in Christ? Because it's a must. It's not an option. In verse 7, he says, you must be born again. So are you born again in Christ? Second, as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Work out, not work for, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to do His good pleasure. You know, God is so good. He commands us to grow, to work out, our salvation in fear and trembling, right? But what does He supply so that you and I can grow in holiness? He supplies the Holy Spirit. Look at it. For it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to work, committed to grow in holiness, to grow in sanctification. Are you equipped? And who is that equipping? The Holy Spirit. Imagine. Imagine how good God is. Okay? This is what I want you to do. By the way, you cannot do it on your own. So I'm going to supply you with the power to do it. All I want for you to do is to commit and to do that which you said you will do. Are you sure you are born again in Christ? Second, grow in holiness. Three, eagerly await the coming of Jesus. Paul wrote, before he was beheaded, he was already in prison by this time. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. In the future, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have loved me. Love, the other translation is long for love, his appearing. Are you eager? Are you excited for God to come back? Then peace will reign. Are you excited? not now. I have not gotten married yet. I have not, I don't have children yet. I have not seen my great 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 grandchildren yet. man, if you are in heaven, it's perfect. It's perfect. No more pain. No more weeping. No more sorrow. That's why David wrote one thing. One thing that I desire. That I may dwell in the presence of the Lord forever. My prayer for all of us, my friends, Is that we take to heart. What God tells us. First he tells us. If you are born again. You are sanctified. Positionally you are holy. Now. Because you are positionally holy. It is my expectation. That you grow. In holiness. And as you grow in holiness. Eagerly await. Your reward. Your reward is one day. You are going to be permanently sanctified. You are going to spend the rest of eternity with God in heaven, gazing the beauty of His holiness. Let's pray. My friend, between you and the Lord, are you sure that you are born again in Christ? Are you sure that you have a personal relationship with Jesus? Salvation is God's gift. It is God's grace. And all God is asking is for you to place your faith in Jesus Christ and be born again. If you are born again, God says that because of Jesus Christ in you, you are sanctified, you are holy, you are set apart. And those who have been set apart by the Lord Jesus Christ have a responsibility to live a holy life, sanctified by the blood of Jesus, always growing. Always being changed from glory to glory. And I hope that all of us are eagerly waiting for the return of our glorious King, the Lord Jesus Christ. For when He comes, when He returns, He will come in all His glory, in all His splendor, and in all His power between you and the Lord. Father God, I pray that you will move in this place and in our hearts. And I pray that I will return of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Father, we leave that to the work of your Holy Spirit. And we pray, Lord God, that the word Blessing, Lord God, as we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen.